Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, look at you sending us up. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate that. Thanks, Alan. That was sweet. Love it. I get a little bit of feedback. You can turn me down a little bit if you need to. Awesome. Well, good morning. Yeah. Is it on the bomb? Yeah. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Make sure you check her out on all the uh, digital formats and go grab some of her tunes. She has some really nice originals. So uh, we really appreciate her being here and feel really privileged to have her. And so first time I saw her leading worship, I'm like, man, she's the Michelle Crow of worship. I love it. <laughs> so I'm like, I got I to gotta get to know this girl. I think that day I came running up to you. What's your story? What's going on? <laughs> anyway, so we've been good friends ever since. But uh, anyway, glad to have her. Glad to have you here this morning. Glad to have you out there uh, in the digital online world. Um, my name's Paul Raz, and this is Jake Thomas. Hey and uh, we are going to be bringing some stuff to you today, but we're really hoping the Holy Spirit's going to bring a heck of a lot more because that's really what you need. And so do I. Uh, the other thing is I'm going to go ahead and warn you up front for those of you who might be shy and want to run now. We are going to have some interaction with each other, and, uh, and also I like interaction between us this way, but um, we'll, we'll instruct you guys through that and lead you through it. We're just going to have some ministry time with one another that's going to be, a, uh, we're hoping fruitful. We think we've heard from the Lord on that, and so uh, that's going to be really good, right? Ready Absol to go? Absolutely. Right. Ready for it, Paul. Awesome. Well, um, we're in Colossians. I'm going to ask you to go ahead on your, in your Bibles to go ahead and go into Colossians um, chapter 2, and we're looking at... Verses 16 through 23, if you are new with us, we've been going through a series on Colossians, and so um, basically we've just been taking it, for the most part, kind of verse by verse, but, um, you know, not completely, but, uh, but anyway, we're just going through it. So um, I'm going to, I need to make sure that I say this exactly right to you this morning, um, exactly right. Now, has everybody got listening closely to me? Okay, here's the name of our talk this morning, don't shoot on me. Don't shoot on me. Let's bring that up. <laughs> Make sure we're hearing and seeing that right. Okay, because I'm free. I would like to claim that particular phrase, but we got it from a, a, a spiritual giant here in town, a guy by the name of Gary Sweeten, who's an author and a counselor here in town. He's, he's probably said that to Julie and myself about 100 times. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning, because that's what I think this text talks about this morning. And um, Jake, if you just go ahead and read through that text, and I'm going to ask you guys to just stay there in it because we're going to we're just going to kind of keep looking back at different verses of it. So absolutely, Paul. It. I'm going to read the New Living Translation, and uh, here we go. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ Himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. 
These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Awesome. Let me, let me pray for us. God, we welcome your presence here. God, we thank you for your word. And God, through your word, we find the life of Christ. God, it leads to you. It points to you. Father, I pray that we would experience your presence this morning. We would experience the very living Jesus right here in our midst. And God, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, and, and, and give us what we need to look more like Jesus, to follow you uh, in a more magnificent way and, and experience all the fullness of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. amen. And amen. Look at our first word in this. Verse 16. Say that word for me. First of all, you got there for Okay. In the NLT, same. It's so. What we've got happening here is your conjunction, junction. What's your function? Does anybody remember Schoolhouse Rock? That was fun. I like that. But anyway, we're going to deal with that conjunction. What's really happening here is... We are having, we're going to have to look back into what we saw. Whenever you see that, by the way, if you're maybe new to, to reading the Bible, this is a really great thing to look for. Whenever you see those therefores or so's or but or, or if, then you got to go back and say, what the heck is this thing talking about? And that actually really will help you a lot with context. And so really what we're doing is kind of a part two on last week. Who was here last week with the Bose? Man, they brought a, just a great talk. I, I thought they did just a great job. And they almost, in, in a sense, is, and they talked about the, is a, a Christian worldview and that kind of thing. It was in more of a kind of a broader sense. Well, we're going to kind of bring it down kind of like Paul is actually doing here and how he's dealing with these people real specifically. So um, uh, anyway, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, and talk at a more, um, talk at a more um, practical level. All right, we don't have time. I'm, I'm not going to, by the way, take you back through all of it. And if you, have, if you didn't hear last week's talk, I really recommend that you go and check it out. Um, but, uh, so we're not going to go back through all of it, but I do want to look at five verses prior to our so and see what Paul is talking about. And I'm going to be really brief with that because, again, I want you guys, we're going to spend some time with the Holy Spirit ministering to you guys this morning. So uh, if you read those verses for us, that would be great. Now we're going back to um, 11 through 15 here. Yep, so this is 11 through 15, and again, I'm going to read the NLT. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Hmm. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He hmm. shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. All right, good. Really, the rest of this morning really is going to be about what we were looking at here um, as we go through uh, the passages coming up. However, I want you to just take a look at a couple of things. I'm going to begin to be really kind of quick here. Take a look at a couple of things. In verse 12, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And when he's talking about the circumcision and all these things, and we will talk about that a little bit more through a, a, a visual image Paul uses as shadows here, in a, in a minute, but what we're seeing here is this. Look at verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature, and it was not yet cut away. 
Now what's happening here is this is that move, again, into that New Testament, into that New Covenant. And so I, one of the phrases that really stuck with me at the very beginning of this series, uh, Liz Baker was teaching. And she said something really powerful as she was talking about her life and then contrasting it with someone else's life and how she was brought up. And if you guys heard her do that talk, she said, I was a really good person, but I was dead in my sins. This other person was a really bad person. I mean, maybe they'd live their lives pretty poorly. You wouldn't want to be hanging out with them, but they were dead in their sins. And that was super powerful to me because that's exactly what Paul is saying here. We can follow all these things, but you still haven't been made right except when you come into the very kingdom of Christ in his death and into his resurrection. So that's really just very briefly what we're talking about here. Again, you can go look at last week and get you know, more filled in on that. But what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about three areas of bondage that Paul is talking about, three areas of condemnation, and this is what we're going to pray off of one another and talk about our true identity in Christ, our true identity in Christ. Now, um, does that sound okay with you guys, or do you guys want to stay in bondage? I don't know. Maybe you might want to. I don't want to. No, I don't want to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. So we're going to do that. So the three main areas of accusation that Paul goes through here are, one, demonic forces, two, Others, usually other believers, it tends to be, but not always, okay, and then self. And so this is how we're going to break out these three things this morning. So the first one I want to talk about is some demonic forces. Now, I told you to stay in the word where you were. Go back into verse 15. Again, it's the very last one of the one that Jake just read, okay? And that says, and look at verse 15, it says, in this way, Jesus, by doing what he did, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them public by his victory over them on the cross. Now what he's talking about is a spirit, a religious spirit and a demonic spirit that's behind this and he shames it. He literally says this, this is the real thing, what's happened here on the cross. And, and what's funny, it's almost very similarly, almost exactly the same thing in verse uh, 20 as we move forward. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the Spirit, and what I have, spiritual powers of this world. What are the spiritual powers of this world? When we talk about worldly in the Bible often, right? It's a demonic, it's, it says that Satan has reign over this world, okay? So it says, you, again, verse 20, you have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So what we're gonna do is a really, really simple practice and what I'm gonna ask you to do, oh yeah, I did wanna ask you that. Too. This, this is another thing, and, and, I, and it's not in our text here that we're dealing with today, but Jake, what were we talking about was one of the, actually, actually one of the names of Satan right. that, that he's called. The accuser of the brethren. Right. The accuser. You've heard that? That's kind of an old King James term that way, but it's accuser of the brethren. Literally is one of Christ's names. So if you are in this world and you're trying to follow Jesus, guess what's happening to you? <laughs> you're being accused by that one in this world. All right, so um, what we want to do is um, what we want to do is I want to move us into a time of uh, ministering together. Now, here's how I want this to work, if we can, because I really I'm going to give you guys time for this. If you are here with, I, I want to try to get into twos. I know that some of you are here in threes and some of you are in families. If it's possible, be in twos. If not, that's okay. We'll make it work. Okay. If you're by yourself, if you got the guts, maybe find somebody else to do this with. If you, um, 
If you, it's okay if you don't feel that confident about doing that, then just ask the Lord. He loves to, he loves to interact with us and, and tell us what's going on. So here's what we're going to do really, really simply, okay? What I want you to do is, maybe, maybe you have to stop and ask the Holy Spirit, but I want you to share with your partner, hey, I've heard this demonic thing against me. I've heard accusation against me. This is the way the demonic realm has should on me. You should be this way. You shouldn't do that, whatever it might be, or you're this or you're that. And then just what we're going to do is confess that to the other person and, and say, you know what, this isn't from the Lord. And the other person is going to pray over you, okay? The other person is going to say, and this is really important. I think this, again, we're giving you a lot of good lessons here today, how to read the Bible better, how to pray better. <laughs> One of the best ways to do this is to actually pray the opposite thing yeah. over the person. Does that kind of make sense? And the, thing, and the thing is now to understand is that there's always a demonic sense behind all of these types of accusations as we break them out and talk about them today. We understand that. But sometimes there really is a demonic thing that's happening. And a lot of times you know that by sort of a death ethos on it. And what I mean by that is it's something like, um, you know what, people in your life would be better without you, Lewis. They'd be better, the people in your life would be better off without you. Or, or this kind of, there's no place here on this earth for you. It sort of has just a, a just a, that kind of an ethos to it. And so um, what we want to do is just let's, let the Holy Spirit begin to show. You might know right now, even as I'm talking right now, you already know some of those accusations that the evil one has brought towards you. And so again, just, so we're going to do this one person at a time. So you say what it is. Confess, yeah, that's not from the Lord. I don't want any part of that. The other person prays for you, and then we're going to switch it up. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you time. We're going to do this for about five minutes, and we're going to, so it's like two and a half, you know, each person. So I'm going to break in and say, okay, have the other person do it. Does that make sense to you guys? Is that okay? Like I say, if you're by yourself, you can ask the Lord about these things, and he can certainly minister to you, but uh, go for it. I'm going to let you run. And if you're at home too, and, or you're by yourself and you'd like to write some of these things down and share them with someone else at a different time, if there's someone that you trust that you want to reveal these things to, maybe in a different context, I just encourage you to do that as well. So write them down, pray about it, and then go through that exercise at some other time if it works better. Cool. All right. Go for it. So we're going to give you five minutes, right? Yep. Let's do it. Yep. I got it. That'll be, that'll work.
We're getting pretty close to switch over to the other person if you're almost done with the first person, all right? We're pretty close, Paul. Maybe, maybe less than 30 seconds. 30, less than 30 seconds, yeah. And I'll time it better next time. Way to jump in, I especially give kudos to you guys who came on your own, I'm sorry to jump in on you, but uh, get used to the feel and rhythm of that. We're going to do that a couple more times this morning, and hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully even you were surprised by what, what God was showing you there. And uh, as Jake said, even not just for online, but here in the house, you know, if you want to go continue talking through some of those things at home or in some of your prayer time, then go for it. So um, anyway... Uh, so anyway, um, uh, next I just want to talk about others, where we get accusations from others. And this is kind of obvious in the text because this is literally what Paul is talking about here, right? It's the very reason for the portion of this letter. Look at verse 16. Someone is obviously condemning the believers for what they are eating and drinking, right? And then they're condemning them for not celebrating certain holy days, Etc. right? And in 18, they're not pious enough nor worshiping correctly because for some reason, someone's having some angelic worship experience, but, but apparently Ann's not, so she's not as good a worshiper as I am with my angelic worship experiences. And so we've got, hey, uh, Zeke, don't do this. Oh, but do do this. And so we've got this thing all over the place. And so um, did, guess what? Guess who else dealt with this? Jesus, that's right, the Sunday school answer, okay? In Matthew 11, then I mean this, by the way, this next slide, I mean this in the actual sense of the word. Sorry, parents with your children here. This is just the actual sense of the word. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's exactly what happened to Jesus in Matthew 11. Do you remember that story? He, he, there's some, again, accusation that's coming against him. And, what, and this is interesting. He shares this. He says, hey, this is what's happening here, okay? The Apostle John 
right? John the baptizer. He comes and he's, he's not eating or drinking. He set himself apart as holy. He's not eating or drinking. He lives out in nature. He's kind of a weird cat. And what do they say about him? Come on, you Sunday school people. What do they say about John? You remember in this passage? He has a demon. <laughs> he, he says, you say about John, he's demonized. Isn't that, he's really weird. Uh, and then I come and I'm eating and drinking, hanging out with tax collectors. And so you say about me that I'm a sinner, that I've got some kind of weird thing that's happening here, right? I'm not holy enough, and so on. So Jesus dealt with this exact thing. It's like, well, what is it? Not eating and drinking, eating and drinking. Let me, let me share something fabulous with you guys that's gonna set you free and is gonna set me free. As long as you're worried about what other people think of you all the time, that's gonna be awful. That's gonna be like what Paul talks about in, in, or what James talks about where he talks almost like about that ship that just back and forth in the ocean, that's how it'll be. Because you're never good enough, you're never smart enough, you're always gonna let someone down, whatever those types of things may be. Jesus knew, guess what Jesus knew? He knew what his father said about him. That's where we gotta get, church. Yep. What's your father say about you? You see? That's where we gotta get. How does, how does the father think about Burr? When he looks down on him, he sees Burr. I love Burr, I love his worship of me. I love the way he comes to me humbly. Man, you get hold of that, you'll get the kind of freedom that Jesus has here. Right? And, that, and, and you guys know this, if older, the older you are, you know how that is, right? You know, what have you done for me lately at work? Right? How, how'd that last sale go? Was it good enough? Oh, no, it, was, it wasn't quite exceeding our expectations. And neither are you. Man, those kinds of things can just begin to break you. But that's other condemnation towards you. So what we're going to do, real quick, I got another one that's funny. A lot of people don't know this. I just kind of had this, I just jotted, had this as a little note. Did you know that Jesus' own family in Mark 3 called him crazy? Have you guys ever seen that passage? That's the weirdest passage. They're like, yeah, he's out of his mind and nuts. We'll take him home. Do you know that? His own family. Are you guys going to be any different? I, we've had family look at us that way, Julie and I. We've done some crazy stuff in our walk with God. And we've had parents that are like, you're, 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 you're going to do what now? You're, you're going where? One time when our kids were real little, we spent like three months in War West Virginia. And it, it was, we slept on a, on a, a, in a gym on the floor. That was what we did for three months, doing missions ministry up with the people in the holler. And I remember Julie's brother came out, came out to see us. He was out that way. He lived in Virginia at the time in the military. And he looked at us like we were the biggest fools. We're like, what are y'all doing out here? In fact, Julie had to wash our kids in, a, in a, like a big kitchen sink kind of thing because it was the only place where there was somewhat warm water. I mean, but God calls us into some crazy stuff. But unfortunately, sometimes it's the people who love you most that are gonna look at you and go, Oh, no, this isn't the Lord. Y'all understand that like Jim Elliott's dad tried to do everything to talk him into going where he went. And he's one of the greatest heroes of our faith. If you don't know who that is, look that up. He, he was going to be a lawyer. He had all the college stuff all in line to do that, but ended up giving his life, and that's a whole story. But anyway, that's what's going to happen to us. So what I want to do is another breakout on that. I'm going to have Jake just remind us and take us through this one more time. Absolutely. So just as we did, uh, we're going to have one person speak as to what forces they're hearing from others 
that are negatively impacting their lives, they're going to they're gonna confess that, bring the Lord into it, and then the person who listened is going to pray into, into and against that. And we're going to have two and a half minutes for that, and then we're going to switch and go through that exercise again. So um, here we go. Cool. Let's do it. Go for it.
I love it, you guys. I love seeing you pray for each other. I'm sorry to break you off. Maybe should have given you about seven minutes each, but anyway, um, you're really great at listening to each other. I, that's, it's just it's awesome, the body loving each other. So anyway, again, if you need more prayer for this, we'll even have some, some communion and prayer at the end that, where we can deal with some of these things if some are really ringing with you, really hitting home. So uh, third one I want to talk about is uh, self-condemnation, shitting on yourself. I'm actually very, very good at that. I, uh, I, really go, I really expect things from myself, sometimes that are just ridiculous. And so I don't know if you've been there, but it's interesting. Paul makes the shift in verse 20, and he stops talking about what they are doing. Notice it in verse 20. He's not talking about they anymore. He's pleading with them. Hey, wake up. Haven't you died with Christ? Hasn't he set you free? Hasn't he set you free? This really brings us to the point. If I'm trying to obey the old law, that doesn't work, right? I'm always going to be in trouble. I'm always going to be on that spinning wheel, right? Jesus has already made the way. This is actually one of those things that's about as simple of a Sunday school answer as you can get, is Jesus' death and resurrection. Is the, he actually means he's the way. The freedom is in him, not in doing, going back to things that feel good, right? And so... Um, what, what, I, um, what, what he's appealing to, I want to look at verse 23, it says this. This is interesting, and both of us kind of related to this pretty well. Is these rules, look at verse 23, these rules may seem wise. Now, it's all these different things that people said, you need to do this, do this, not do that. And some of them have bought into it. That's why Paul's saying, stop doing this. We've already overcome this. He said, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in, watch this, Ben, back to Liz Baker's idea, conquering a person's evil desires. They don't actually get rid of the evil desires that we have. What? This is, this is really an intriguing conundrum, <laughs> right? They seem wise. Doesn't it feel good when you fasted? Hey, I fasted. <laughs> Whoops, I wasn't supposed to tell you guys I was fasting, <laughs> but it made me feel good. All right, right? So we fast. We, hey, man, I read my Bible three hours a day. I'm the man. You know, whatever. We can, we can get to feeling pretty good about ourselves and about these severe bodily disciplines, but they actually don't conquer a person's evil desires, according to Paul here. So what's the problem? All right? Here's the problem. It may not actually make me be more like Jesus. If I'm being honest, who's really the one still in control? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you to a couple of books. I'm going to say, on spiritual discipline and on becoming like Jesus, my favorite guy and Zeke's is Dallas Willard, The Divine Conspiracy and Renovation of the Heart. And one of the quotes I had in there, I don't have time to get into it, but one of the quotes in here in Renovation of the Heart is Dallas speaks exactly to that thing, is that I actually can beat my body um, if I'm a woman, wear the no makeup and a, you know whatever dress and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, I'm still in control of my walk. Okay. So anyway, we're going to talk more about that. That's going to be the latter half of this talk this morning. But I call that Jesus and, and this is a good good thing. This should be a warning for you. Whenever you hear Jesus and, that makes sense. Jesus and baptism. Jesus and wear the right clothes. Jesus and look the right way. Jesus and no beard. <laughs> a lot of schools that Jay couldn't get into right now. Jesus and don't go to the movies. No, no, no. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I 
in the way. Jesus only, right? Okay, Jesus. All right, so uh, I'm going to uh, let uh, Jake speak about this a little bit. This is something that he's, uh, well, I'm just going to let you go. You that's, go. That's Talk about it. Thank yep. you, Paul. Yeah. I'm not sure about anybody else here or online today, but some things that I've struggled with in, in, in my past and in my life are performance identity and perfectionism. It's, uh, it's been a constant theme in my life, and uh, as it's been something that I've had to deal with for a long time. Before I walked with the Lord, I had a whole host of things and performance goals that I would set up and try to meet, whether it was sports, whether it was work, whether it was partying and drinking, whether it was a lifestyle or hobbies or things like that, I would set a performance goal for myself and I would go, I'll be happy when I meet this, when I get to this place. If, if I can only do this, then I'll get there. And what happened, which was a blessing from God, is I would get there and I would realize, man, this isn't that good. Mm-hmm. I, I would get to that point where I would perform at a level that I so wanted to and I would go, this is it? And, and it was a blessing. That, that realization has been a blessing in my life. And, and since I've committed my life to the Lord, that thought process has crept back in from time to time. And I call that a checklist mentality. If I, if I do all these good things, to your point earlier, Paul, mm-hmm. if I do these things that make me a good person, it'll be good. And, 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 I'll, and I'll, I'll do the right things and it'll lead me to joy. But I think, and we'll get to this in a couple of minutes, as I, we've been able to spend time in this text and really develop a relationship with the Lord, it's understanding the why behind those things that doesn't lead to that empty satisfaction, but, mm-hmm. but leads right into a relationship with Jesus and to building your life in that rather than feeling like the, mm-hmm. I check, 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 and, and then feeling empty at the end of that mm-hmm. whole process. That's good. Yeah, that's good. You can go ahead and lead us in the next breakout then? Absolutely. Yeah, so the, the, we're going to go into one last breakout session. We're going to go through the similar exercise, but we'd like to, to pray into and, and, and bring up things that, that condemnation that's coming directly from the self. And if that doesn't come up right away, uh, I ask that you pray mm-hmm. into it. But we're going to go through that exercise another five minutes, hopefully with a partner where we, we can explore what, what type of self-condemnation that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So Good. Go for it. Y'all know what to do.
and uh, switch over to the other person if you would. That'd be great. Thanks. Don't know if I gave you the full five on that, but we're going to keep going, if y'all don't mind. Well, I kind of came to, as we were been working on this together, I came into this place, and again, I'm a big Dallas Willard fan, but I came into this place and I'm thinking, wait a minute, if what I'm saying to you now and what I've been thinking about for the last couple weeks as a follower of Jesus, I'm thinking, you know, the, the question is, how am I actually, how do you actually grow in Jesus? You know, because I, I think I've just spent the last few minutes sort of like saying, well, it's not this discipline and it's not that discipline or whatever. And, and one of the things is, I, you know, I don't want you to hear me say there's no disciplines in the kingdom. Because they're obviously, right, they're all like, there are like, doesn't, now here's one, doesn't Jesus say, hey, I want your righteousness to be that of the Pharisees and even beyond. You know, Jesus says that. Did you know that? And, and, and not only that, but once when Jesus is teaching, he said, oh, and by the way, when you fast, so what's he assuming? That's your fasting, thank you. When you fast, <laughs> do it in such a way, by the way, he's talking about the why when he challenged us in that. When you fast, do this. And Paul himself says in 1 Corinthians, I beat my body. This is, Paul. by the way, you know, Paul wrote the letter we're talking about this morning, right? He says, I beat my body into submission. And in another place, he says, I run like an Olympic runner. I discipline myself like an Olympic runner. But he says, what is my eye on? They got, that's, here's a hint coming for you. My eye is on the prize. It's not, a, it's a who. Who is the prize? 
He said, my eye is on the prize. This is why I can discipline my body because I want to do everything he's got for me in this kingdom, right? And so that's the way that he's looking. Now, this is awesome. I love this verse. I've stood on this verse for a long time and it, it slapped me in the face about 15 years ago. I think the secret lies in this short verse from last week's text. I'm gonna have it up here for you, Colossians 2, 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Let me say it again. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, what'd you, what'd you bring? <laughs> Michael, what'd you bring when, when, when you came to the Lord and you received his grace and mercy for salvation? Did you bring something awesome? Did you, you know, are you, you hear what I'm saying? Like, what'd you bring to the Lord? Right. Nothing. You brought, <laughs> you brought your brokenness you brought your sin, you brought your misery, you brought how you've hurt other people, how you've been hurt. Jesus wasn't impressed with your righteousness, nor was he impressed with mine, right? So what'd you bring to the table for salvation? Did you convince God to save you? Lewis, did you convince him? You know, I'm a really good guy, God. Guess what? This is also how you walk it out. Who's it really about? About him. It's about him. This is how we walk it out. Let me read it to you once more. So then just as you receive, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, you came into salvation, continue to live your lives in him. All right, now, let me try a little test for you guys who've been in the church for a long time. Say you're talking to a coworker or one of your neighbors. You're wanting to talk to them about Jesus. You want to share Jesus with them, okay? And then that coworker says, you know, man, that's cool for you. I'm not real big on church and I'm not real big on religion and things like that. Okay, now if we're a good Sunday school class here, okay, we'd say something like, well man, it's not really about religion, it's about, oh, you guys are so good. So brilliant students, very good. It's about relationship. That's exactly what we'd say. All right, I'm gonna let Jake share a little bit of a story and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that, all right? I want to speak a little bit about the power of that statement and what it can do in someone else's life when you share that. The second time that Paul and I ever met, but the first time we had a real conversation, I was living in southwest Montana working in the outdoor industry, and Paul and I went fishing together. We were talking. We were walking along the river. Paul's yelling at me for have his legs were sore. We were fishing, walking <laughs> on rocks. And, and, and he says, you know, so what's your God story, Jake? And, and, and I had been somebody who had gone to church on Christmas and Easter, but had not really had a real relationship with the Lord. And I said that same thing, you know, Paul, I'm not sure. I feel like I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not really sure about religion. Knowing Paul was a pastor, he said, yeah, I'm not really big on religion either. And that hit me like a two by four. I, I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea. And I ended up thinking, man, this is a weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Very, very. <laughs> That's right. So fast forward, and I ended up moving back to Cincinnati, and I said to myself, "Man, I want to, I want to learn more about this weird guy." And 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 through this relationship, I've come to know the Lord, and and that that relationship versus religion was a huge piece of this. So I just want to encourage you all that in having those conversations, it can be really powerful. It it has in my life. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, and here, and here he is today. There, yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hey, 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 Zeke, what, is, what does the Lord say about praying for har more people in the harvest? Right? More, more, right? Well, guys, the, the, the neighbor you're praying for that's a total pagan might be up here four years from now. 
Do you ever think about that? Isn't that exciting to think about? Amen. Awesome. Well, go, go, you know, kind of leaning into, into what Jake is, is saying here is what we tend to do as a church, if we're being honest, and I've done this, we tend to do this. Hey, when you come into salvation, it's about a relationship, but now that you're saved, it's about religion. Now that you're here, you need to do that, 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 whatever, right? Pray more, read the Bible more, study more, fast more. But the problem is, guys, I can actually do all these things and not actually be with Jesus. Isn't that a crazy thing to think about? Because all of these things lead into him. And Paul uses the example of a, of a shadow uh, in this particular thing. He says, these other things are a shadow of the one to come but I know the real one, and I want you to be with the real one that these shadows since Old Testament through were about. You understand all these, all these practices, all these different worship ceremonies, all these festivals, all of these things were leading to the very person of Jesus. In fact, we're going to go into communion, and I want to, I want to use Ons. Could you grab that guitar for me right try. there? Yeah, Ons guitar for me. I'm just going to lead us into right a little here, worship. Yeah. Right here. yeah, right here. Would you grab that? Yeah, get that for me. Will you, Jake? No, get me the, go ahead and get me the. Can't do it, Paul. What seems to be the problem there? Go ahead and get the guitar for me there. I'm trying. Okay, Jake, you're just being stupid. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with you. Jake's looking pretty stupid there, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Do you think maybe your walk with God's even a little more important than him grabbing that guitar for me? But this is exactly what Paul's saying. Why do you keep reaching for the shadow? That's not the real thing. That's not the real deal. The person himself is the real deal. And then these things and the why and all these will lead to him. That's why when we're reading the word, we're reading with Jesus, speak to me in this. How can I, Jamie's spoken about this a lot recently. How do we hear you in this? When I'm, even when I'm, uh, we've, we're talking here, even when I'm getting my body in shape, I'm getting it shaped because I want to have the energy I need to finish strong. Of That's what Paul's talking about. I want to finish strong with whatever God's got for me. It becomes that why all of a sudden, becomes so important. One of my favorite guys is a, a guy named John Wimber, and he used to say it this way that I always thought was pretty good, is he said, when I go into a restaurant and they hand me the menu and I see all the nice pictures of the steak, I don't want to eat the menu, I want the steak. And that's just a great way to look at that. The, the, all of these things are the menu that are pointing to the Trinity, right? And so um, I, feel like, uh, I feel like, Jake, you had a couple of other just real good kind of thoughts about this as we're starting to kind of close out here yeah absolutely i think that i touched on it a little bit earlier but this checklist mentality can be something that can get in the way for me i think that all good things all things of the lord when my focus shifts from relationship down to the task itself Mm -hmm. i lose the most important piece Mm -hmm. i think that we paul and i talked about it when we talked about the fruits are of the spirit and not the other right. way around. Right, say that one more time. The fruits say? are of, of the spirit. Right. Not the fruit first and then the spirit that. second. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. So I think that it's so important for me to understand and be connected mm-hmm. to the why behind these things that we're doing and have that be the base, not I did these things, now I'm good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good. All right, thank you for that. That's good. Uh, we really are going to kind of come into a closer. I'm going to share a really quick story with you that um, I'll, try to be, I'll try to be really fast with it because we're, we're running short on time. But it was an aha moment that God gave me recently. It was only about a month ago that's right along line. I mean, he knew I was going to be talking about this. Okay, so I was at a worship event. I was at an event, a 
Christian event, and there was just this worship time, and, and we were all, all of us that were there, we were basically just soaking in worship in this particular worship time. And I was just kind of sitting there, and I'm, I'm just listening for the Lord. And he just speaks as clearly as any of you spoke to me this morning, and he says this. <laughs> Makes me laugh. He says, <laughs> he says, don't try to hit me and hit me. Just like that. And then immediately that scene from the Matrix came into my mind. Have you guys seen that Matrix, that scene in the, where they're, they're doing kung fu in the dojo? And, and the, the, the character Neo keeps trying to do everything physically, like be faster, because he can't even hit his mentor who's much older than him. And he says, do you think that us being in this place, he says, by, I'm any faster than you or any stronger than you? And he comes to this realization that has nothing to do with it. And he says to him in this, he says, this is the way God would probably speak to me. He says, stop trying to hit me and hit me. Know that you can hit me. Don't think you can hit me. And then he moves into that place of realization that I can do this. Well, the Lord, should, Lord said this to me, you guys. Now, this is me. I'm not saying this is necessarily for you, but it applies into this. I believe it really does. He says to me, stop, stop trying to evangelize and go evangelize. Stop trying to, to share prophetic words and share prophetic words. He was sort of like chastising me. And then I realized what he was saying is all the fullness of the spirit and the power and the dunamis is in you. Go do it. And I'll meet you there and it'll blow you away. You'll succeed in this. I mean, it smoked me. I told my small group about it and it smoked them. The fullness of the Spirit is in you. Are we asking every day? Yeah, Paul says to. Are we doing these things? Don't hear me wrong, guys. Are we doing these things? Of course we are, because we're drawing into the person of Jesus. But that's got to be the only relevant reason for any, doing any of these things is drawing into him. And you'll have all the fullness. In fact, I know many of you here, I'm not saying everyone, but many of you here, if we never had another church service again or another small group or anything like that, do you have enough information? <laughs> Do we really need more information? You have the person of Jesus. You have the spirit in you. I have the spirit. Jake has the spirit in him. Praise the Lord. He is good. His love endures forever. Amen. We're going to go into communion and go into the time of ministry. Come on up. on. And um, we're going to, uh, what we're going to do is, again, we're a little bit short in time, but um, Jake and I'll tell you what, Jake and I, if you guys want, if anybody wants to come and get prayer, not just for what we're talking about this morning, but if you need prayer for healing, anything like that, um, Jake and I'll be over here. We'll be happy to pray for you. And then um, if you're new, new here with us, we just go ahead and uh, serve communion um, on, our, on our own. And so you just come on up. You guys over here, come on up. You guys come up over here and uh, grab communion as, as you feel like the Spirit's leading you in that. And let me just pray for that. Father, we just thank you that actually as we do this communion, that's one of these rituals. And we're doing one of these rituals to look at you and say, you have died for us. It's your body that was broken for, not mine, your body was broken for my sin. And your blood was shed that I could be made right with the Father. And now your Father is my Father. And you are my brother, Jesus. And I thank you for that. So Lord, I ask that you would fill this time, even in communion and even just prayer. And and we just thank you in Jesus' name. And if you guys want to pray for each other and continue to do that, that's cool as well. So, but we'll hang here if you want prayer for something. There's this beautiful saying that the depth to which I reveal my brokenness to God, he will be faithful to fill it with his infinite love. 
so that means the depth to which you were broken, God will fill with his infinite love. And I love that we were confessing here our brokenness. So let's be filled with that infinite love.
Thanks for, for jumping in, you guys. Sometimes that takes a little bit of bravery to do that. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks to my good friend Jake for, for doing this talk with me. It was fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you would, let's just put our hands to the Lord. I'm just going to bless you. I bless my brothers and sisters with everything we've talked about today. God, we come against the spirit of religion. We come against the spirit of condemnation and shooting on one another and hearing about that from, from the evil one. Father, I pray for that freedom to go into our church body. Lord, that freedom in Christ that we walk in the power of your resurrection. Father, I pray that you would use us any way that you want to use us, Lord, and that everything we do would be as unto the Lord, whether it be at our work or our play, at home in our families. Uh, Lord, and from the oldest to the youngest, we declare your word, God, that, that the Spirit is for all people, all old, young, women, men, uh, girls, and boys. And so, Father, I pray we would be a spirit people and a kingdom people, and you would use us for your glory. And I just thank you for each one. That I just bless you now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. Have an amazing rest of your day.